You are listening to the Hope Church Weekly Message Podcast. Hope Church is located in Cleveland, Texas and meets on Sundays. Pastor Todd and the preaching team desire for this message to bring life in a dark world. For more information about Hope Church, visit HopeChurchCleveland.com. Amen? Amen. 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 5. It starts with, or rude, period. That's where we ended last week. But it says, it does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. Guys, anybody ever feel like every week you're like, okay, just when you think you got it, he brings up three more words that you're like, really? Come on. Irritable, resentful, insist on its own way. I'm like, could you just wrap up all of my issues in one verse today, right? In one verse, everything that I struggle with is today. Amen? Am I the only one in this room? Okay. Well, the rest of you insist on your own way. Okay. So the title of my message today, it is weird, but just bear with me. Love is or does not. Love is or does not. Because the first point is love does not insist on its own way. Love does not insist on its own way. It looks to the interest of others. It lives in harmony with those around them, even during the Christmas season. Man, I'm telling you, it's already started. I was driving yesterday, uh, and we had to drive around the greater Fort Worth metro area. Oh, my gosh. I needed Jesus with me. Man, it was bad. So the NIV, if you've ever read the NIV, the NIV has some different wording, so I'm bringing that out today. Uh, The NIV says, love is not self-seeking. Many situations in life call upon Christians to choose between benefit to themselves and to the benefit of others. The loving person puts the benefit of others over their own. Are y'all noticing a trend here? It seems like God wants you to always diminish yourself and elevate others. It's kind of a pattern. It is also important to realize that this practice does not mean ignoring one's own legitimate needs. Okay? So God's not saying ignore your needs for the other. He's saying take care of yourself, but then elevate others. In fact, Jesus himself would get away from people to hear from the Father. There was times that the crowds would get so much that Jesus would have to pull back and hear from the Father. And guys, there's some value in that. There's some value in pulling back and hearing from the Father. This entire series came from a time that I was not in Kleber. And guys, I'm here to tell you, I can hear the Lord a little bit more clearly when I'm not in Kleber. Okay? Especially when I'm on a beach. It's just like God's voice is like, Todd. I'm like, yes, Lord. So if ever you feel like pastor needs to hear from God, just send us to the beach. Okay. It'd be, it'd be good. All right. My wife is like, amen. Glory. Crystal loves the beach. I'm OCD. So I can't handle so much sand everywhere, but, um, (laughs) I'd rather have the mountains, but, but God was speaking to me the whole time we were away. And I just kept getting things, and I, I literally, Crystal could tell you, I literally sat on the airplane the whole time on my computer just ticking away at this series. Why? Because I had spent time away, recharged, heard from the Lord, and I was ready to pour out some more. A lot of times we let our cup just get too empty. 
And when your cup, when your cup gets completely empty, you've got nothing left to pour out. And then you get into a difficult, then you get into a difficult part because then you get irritable. Then you get angry because there's nothing left in your tank. So don't forget, you've got to take time and allow the Lord to pour into you so that you can continue to pour out. Now, remember, you've got to pour out because if water sits in your cup too long, what happens? It's stale, stagnant, stinky, gets algae, all that, okay? And so if, if it's all about you, you're going to get stinky and nobody's going to hang around you because you didn't take a shower, okay? But you got to remember, if God's pouring into you, you've got to pour out. But you got to remember, you got to go back for that refill, free refills. Anybody, anybody, the greatest thing restaurants ever did was just all do free refills? That's, yeah. Now that I go to the restaurants, it's like, refills aren't free. I'm like, let's leave. Let's get out of here, okay? All right. So, 1 Corinthians 10.33 says, Just as I try to please everything, everyone in everything I do, not seeking my own advantage, but that of many, that they may be saved. Guys, I'm the type of person that I kind of like to have things my way. Okay, I, I, I like to have my schedule. I like to have... I, I get here at church in the morning, I make my oatmeal, I have some coffee. Uh, I don't want anybody to jack with me until I've had my oatmeal and my coffee. So if you see oatmeal and coffee in my hand, just leave me alone, okay? I'm not ready to talk yet. But if ever you needed to put a relationship to a test, travel with people. Anybody ever traveled with friends or family members? God help us all. I mean, I love my family, and some, by, the, by, by day three of vacation, I'm like, why did God put me with these people, right? Because I mean, I mean, you love them. I mean, I love my family. I love my family. I love my family and, and my, my, my new family that came with the marriage. Uh, I love them all. But sometimes it just gets to the point, it's like, can you just shut up? I mean, I'm just, I'm just tired of hearing it, right? Like, ah, Lee. Like, Crystal, when Crystal and I were first married, we went on a, a vacation to uh, Washington, D.C., and she got to see my little brother and I yell at each other in a taxi. Uh, I mean, I mean, we're okay. You don't understand our relationship. We can yell at each other, and then we're fine. We just got to get it out. But we were yelling, and Crystal's like, because she came from a family where nobody yelled at any, anybody. And so she's not used to the, <laughs> I never heard y'all yell at anybody. Don't act like you did. <laughs> she yells all shoot. I'd like to have that yelling if that's yelling. <laughs> but, but guys, it, and, and you know what I'm saying? We never realize. And then, and then for those young people, if you ever want to figure out how much you really like things your way, get married. <laughs> like I have, I found this new comb for my hair that I love. It's missing. <laughs> I don't know where the heck my new comb that I got from Amazon it was $3 that I could order another one. I don't know who stole my comb, right? I just have one nice comb that I like. Can anybody leave it alone? Right? Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay. <laughs> it's like, leave the stuff alone. I had it right there. Where I know, like this morning, I was asking all my kids, where's my comb? Where's my comb? Like, Dad, you have other combs, but it's not the comb that I like. I like this comb. Okay? Amen. Leave my stuff alone. They're like, well, you didn't put it away. It's exactly where I know where it is. Don't touch it. But guys, what God asks us to do is let them have the comb. 
order another three dollar comb from Amazon. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I need. Mine are cheap. Okay. So, but guys, what we've got to learn as as long as it's my way or the highway, you are not showing the love of God to others. As long as it's my way or the highway, and this uh, it's just as tough for me to say this, you're not showing the love of God to others. Because Jesus came to this earth to put others above himself. There was nothing fancy about the birth of Jesus. You know, we see all these movies that make it seem magical and blah, 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 blah. Now, it wasn't magical. Jesus was born in a barn with, this, with the aroma that comes with being in a barn. Because there was no room at any hotel for him. That's where he was born. He was born poor. He was not important. He was the lowliest of the low. You know why he did that? Because he didn't want anyone to think that he was high and mighty. He came to be here for the people. So love does not insist on its own way. Then we switch to love is not irritable. It's just one hit after another, you know? It's like, it's like we needed this right before Thanksgiving, amen? Going to see your family. Love is not irritable. Had my first family Thanksgiving yesterday, and I'm already over Thanksgiving. All right, let's go. Love is not irritable. A minor offense does not trigger an explosive temper. Um, the NIV says is love is not easily angered. Well, let's just say if the Cowboys win on Thanksgiving and today, love will not be easily angered. Um, <laughs> but still, even though, we, even though we say anger is not bad, there still are appropriate uses of anger. Paul, even himself, Paul that's writing this, was upset with the people of Athens because they were worshiping idols. Luke described a time when, uh, when Jesus became angry when, when people had hardness of their hearts. Jesus was also angry at the money changers. He went in the church and was flipping tables. Now, many people use that and are like, well, pastor, he was mad because they were selling things in church. No, 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 no. He wasn't mad that they were selling things, but what they were doing was stealing people's money. They were making an exchange rate to profit themselves because they could only buy things in the temple with that money. So they were taking money away. So Jesus was angry because people were being taken advantage of. Righteous anger is okay. But guys, I'm here to tell you, there's very few times that we have righteous anger. Okay? We, we can say that our anger is righteous, but most of the time we're just being irritable. Proverbs 16, 20 says, those who listen to instructions will prosper. Those who trust the Lord will be joyful. Guys, and many times we get angry at things that we do not completely understand. Guys, we live in an age of false news. We live in an age where people just post whatever they want and don't check, check up on it. Fact checking is a thing of the past. Now, I'm not into politics. Politics aren't my thing, but I'm into theology. Theology is my thing. And guys, there's things going around on Facebook. I literally want to come through Facebook and punch people in the face. 
Okay? I, it's like, you know, I have to remind myself that I'm, I'm not easily irritable, right? When I scroll through Facebook. You know, I hear things like, oh, I don't have to tithe. There's no tithing in the New Testament. Do you read the Bible? I mean, you want Old Testament tithe, okay? Because Old Testament tithe was just give 10%. Do you know what they did in the church for New Testament church? Sell everything to the church and depend on the church for everything. You want Old Testament or New Testament? I'll take Old Testament, right? Okay, you can't have my shoes, amen? Uh, and so, you know, <laughs> then people say, I don't have to go to church. I am the church. And then I was like, wait, okay. Yeah, that truth, it, and here's the problem with that statement. Yes and no. Yes, you are the church. But the problem is you need the church. Let's, let me give it to you this way. I don't have to go to the gym to have a shape. I'm just not the shape I want to be unless I go to the gym. Amen? So yes, you can come to church, not come to church and not be a Christian, but you're a very out of shape Christian if you don't come to church because you're just sitting at home eating your bonbons on the couch, getting a shape. Amen? That was good. Somebody put that on a t-shirt or something, okay? <laughs> I was tapping away in my office like, ooh, this is good. I like this. <laughs> it's from the Father, okay? But guys, we have to be quick to understand, not quick to anger. Our society has flipped that. We're quick to anger, not quick to understand. Guys, if somebody was saying something false about you, wouldn't you want people to do the research before they were angry with you? Yes, of course. Because guys, I'm here to tell you, the mob, it goes crazy. I've had things said about me on Facebook and people just comment, oh, I can't believe there's a pastor who does it. It's, it's, it's a complete lie. But people don't take the time to listen. They read something on Facebook, it's the law. Find somebody with some, some sort of education that can actually research this stuff and believe them. Don't believe Joe Bob on Facebook, okay? And I'm not speaking against you if your name is Joe Bob, okay? I'm sure you're very smart. Uh, but, but we live in a culture where we just believe anything we're told. But what Jesus would say is get to the heart of the issue. Don't be irritable. Don't be angry. Understand. Many times, if, we, if we'll get to the heart and understand why people are angry, we can understand how to better reach them. If you would understand why people are angry with the church, we would be, we would be much, we would do a better job in reaching them. You know why they're angry with us? They're angry with us because we're hypocrites. We're ang they're angry with us because we promote politics over the Bible. We're, they're angry with us because we insist that somebody has to be one way to enter into the church when really none of us had it all together when we got into this place. So guys, we have to realize we are called to love people even if they're not the type of people that we like to love. 
Guys, there's people, there's people that it's easy to love, but not everybody is easy to love. But Jesus calls you to love those who are not easy to love. So love does not insist on its own way. Love is not irritable. And number three, love is not resentful. Love is not resentful. In the Greek, it says, do not count the evil. Love does not strive to get even with others. In the NIV, it says, love keeps no record of wrong. And an example it gives is even after Stephen, even while Stephen was being stoned to death by people who were calling him names, saying evil, awful things about Stephen, they were stoning him. He appealed to the Lord to forgive them. Even as the Roman soldiers were putting Jesus to death, he was appealing to his father in heaven. Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. But yet we are keeping records of wrong. In Job 5.2, or Job 5.2, it says, surely resentment destroys the fool. Man. And jealousy kills the simple. Harsh words there. Guys, one of the one of the most damaging things you can do to a relationship is be historical. You know, we all have things that we've done wrong. But don't you hate when people just go and bring up all the things from your past? Well, you used to do this. You used to do that. Pastor, you used to play in bar bands. You used to, you used to run around and play, and play at all these places where God was not there. So? God has forgiven me. Why bring it up again? But a lot of times with our significant other, with a best friend, we will bring up things that have been done in the past that we should, be, we should have already forgiven them for and we bring it up as if it's evidence to prove why they are wrong now. Guys, one of the worst things that we can do is be historical with our loved ones. Because Jesus has already went to the cross and died for that sin. Why do we keep bringing it up? But guys, if we're not careful... We will allow resentment to build up so much in our heart that we will have joy in nothing. If we let that resentment, we're always angry about everything. If it keeps building and building and building and building, you'll find that you can have joy in nothing in your life. You ever around that person that even though you say one thing, they'll always have something negative to say? It reminds me of my, my father-in-law, and I'd say this in, in front of his face. I hate watching the Cowboys with my father-in-law because even if they win, he'd be like, yeah, they won, but they didn't deserve it. They, too many penalties. They didn't play hard enough. I, I wish they had heart like the Cowboys used to, okay? They, they didn't deserve it, but hey, win's a win. I'm like, what, what kind of fan is that, man? I mean, I'll be, I'm sure I'll watch the Cowboys game here pretty soon with him, but it's like, God, I hate watching the games with you. He's like, oh, man, too many penalties. We didn't deserve to win, but we did, right? And you have people like that in your life, right? And he's, he's a great person. He's not, he's not resentful at other things in his life, just the Cowboys, okay? So that's why I bring it up. 
He's a frustrated Cowboys fan like all of us. Uh, you know, the last time Cowboys won anything, I was in elementary school. Um, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there, right? It's going to be our year, right? It's going to be our year. And But we have to be careful to not allow resentment to well up in us so much that we can't love anybody because it builds that wall around our hearts and we're too afraid to let anybody in. So what does this mean for us? What does this mean for you in your life today? Number one, do you need to be willing to put the needs of others before your own? Guys, this is a time of year, I, I love it in our culture because this is a time of year that we, we give a lot more than we, we normally do. You know, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of people that ask me, well, pastor, are we gonna do something for Thanksgiving? Pastor, are we gonna do something for Christmas? Here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna do what we always do all year and we're gonna bless people with the food pantry constantly. Now, we may put more in there because it's a, it's a difficult time of year, but guys, we're not gonna change what we're doing despite the season. And guys, what we have to realize is we're called to be giving, thankful, loving people all year round. God doesn't want you to just be thank, thankful on one Thursday in November. That's a glorious day that we get to eat all day and watch football all day. Amen. Glory. Right? My favorite day of the year. And wild card weekend for the NFL. But, you know, it's fine. But guys, we have to be willing to put the needs of others before. Because you see in this world. It's all about me, 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 mine, 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 mine. You know how you're different? How can I love you today? Number two, do you need to lengthen your fuse? Some of us, we got a short fuse. Some of you are mad at me for even saying this. Just let the fuse get it a little bit longer, okay? This is, this is me preaching to myself. I need a longer fuse. Okay, there's, there's days that you don't want to talk to me because my fuse is short. But what God asks us, he says, be slow to anger and what? Quick to understand. Guys, I believe that most people are, are at the core, I believe they're good. They don't mean to do something to hurt you. Most of the time, most of the time, arguments, and, and as a pastor, I deal with this a lot. Most of the time, an argument is not somebody doing something awful. It's people not understanding each other. Somebody said one thing, and, and it was taken a different way. And guys, I'm here to tell you, the worst time to get upset with somebody is over text messaging. You can't understand your intent. You can't understand any. And people get upset. Do you, can you believe what so-and-so texted me? So I try to think of, when everybody texts me, I try to think that they, I picture their face with a smile on their face while they're texting me. Because then I can think about it in the best possible light. Now, if they're saying, if they're cussing at me, maybe, you know, maybe I know they really are mad at me, right? But if we give people the benefit of the doubt, isn't that what you would want people to do with you? If there was a misunderstanding, wouldn't you want them to give you the benefit of the doubt instead of reacting? that's what I want. That's what I need. And guys, constantly as your pastor, I, I always ask the Lord that, that he would give you understanding of me as a human because I make mistakes. 
And number three, do you need to forgive someone? I wanted to end with this because a lot of us are going to a Thanksgiving meal with someone that we need to forgive before we get there. A lot of us, there's somebody that we need to forgive before we even can enjoy our Thanksgiving meal. And I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, Pastor, well, they don't deserve my forgiveness. Well, let me back you up. You didn't deserve the forgiveness that comes from God. So why are you putting yourself in a place of God and withholding forgiveness from another? And guys, even if they don't ask for forgiveness, offer it. If you weren't here for the, I think it was two weeks ago, I talked about heaping burning coals on your enemy's head. Forgive someone, let it go. Love them, care for them. You might see it change just like that. And I know it's not easy, especially when they've done probably the most awful thing they could ever do to anyone. They did it to you. But guys, let's face it. We did the most awful thing that could ever be done to our Lord and Savior. At one point, all of us have turned our back on God. But he was there with his open arms, loving, waiting on us, despite our sin. So we should be a people of forgiveness because Christ first loved us.